Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It says it's, it says we're recording. <laughs> okay, please. We just need one more. <laughs> just one. Just <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's here we do go. this. Okay. This is the Dear Bob and Sue podcast, our stories of adventures and misadventures as we travel to all the U.S. national parks and other public lands. I'm Karen Smith. And I'm Matt Smith. We're the authors of the Dear Bob and Sue series of books. Our country's national parks are often referred to as America's best idea, and for good reason. They protect and showcase everything from natural wonders to historical sites to endangered species of wildlife. 63 national parks and 423 national park service sites in total. And every single one of them has something unique and special. But today we're going to talk about our top 25 national parks, our favorites, parks that we have returned to time and time again. If you're not planning to visit all the national parks, these are the ones we think you absolutely shouldn't miss. Thanks for joining us today as we discuss 25 national parks to see in your lifetime. Whoa. Whoa. I spilled my coffee all over my outline. (laughs) That would have been bad. That would have been bad. (laughs) What's going on over there? Well, nothing. But I think this uh, just proves your point when you said it wouldn't be a good idea to do a happy hour podcast recording like I suggested. Not at 830 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure you when you made that suggestion, you were thinking we would do this at 830 in the morning. Well, no, I was thinking, you know, five o'clock, but I just thought that it would be fun to since this is our last uh, podcast recording for a little while. I just thought it'd be fun to do like a little happy hour. But but we have enough difficulty (laughs) trying to get to our recording. Let's just let's just do it without (laughs) drinking and see how that goes first. All right, let's do it. (laughs) So today we are talking about 25 national parks to visit in your lifetime. Yeah. And we're not saying that these are the only 25 national parks to go to. We thought about the 25 that we enjoy the most and had great experiences in. So we're not discounting the other 
38 national parks or all the other national park sites. That's right. And we say that because we don't want people to be disappointed if we don't mention um, their particular favorite park, because everyone obviously has a different opinion. Um, And people who have been to all the national parks have their own list of their 25 top parks. But this is our list. Right. And everyone should explore the parks and find what they like in them. But uh, so these are our 25 favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to we're going to list these in alphabetical order so that we're not ranking them from one to 25. We put them in a numerical order, like you said, in it's alphabetical order. It's just to help us uh, know where we are. Uh, in this podcast and how fast we have to talk because 25 national parks, we always seem to talk on and on. And we have, we figured we have about 90 seconds per park. So we're going to have to keep it fairly brief. Yeah, so it is good that we're not drinking (laughs) anything other than coffee right now. That's right. Definitely. All right. So do you want to get into the list? Yeah. First on the list, a park that starts with the letter A, and that would be Acadia in Maine. The crown jewel of the North Atlantic coast. Mm -hmm. Lots of really great reasons to visit Acadia. Some of those reasons would be the rugged coastline, the incredible views from the top of Cadillac Mountain, and the 45 miles of carriage roads that you can bike. Because um, if you've been there, you know that there are no cars allowed on these carriage roads. And one of my favorite things to do is go to Jordan Pond House and get popovers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if you food. can get a if you can get a spot, it's kind of crowded. <laughs> That's right. Food is always very important yep. to us, and it did kind of affect some of these rankings. <laughs> right, right, and of course, it's a spectacular place to visit in the fall. Uh, The the fall colors are incredible. And we would visit this park much more often. It's just about as far from where we live as you can get in the United States. So if we lived closer, I think we would go four or five times a year. We definitely would. And um, I'm just going to say, too, the whole area, it's charming. You know, it's surrounded by these quaint New England towns. The whole thing is just charming. Also, Matt, I forgot to write on our outline. Some of these I'm going to try to mention our favorite hikes. I see on the first one. God, I think I speak for both of us when I say our favorite hike is hiking to the top of Cadillac Mountain. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great views of Mm -hmm. both the ocean and the surrounding park. You know, another thing that we like doing, and it's it's not super easy to do, but going to the southern tip and getting a photograph of Bass Harbor Lighthouse. Yes. That's that's a Mm -hmm. cool thing to do. I mean, you kind of have to be there at low tide so you can kind of get out on the rocks and get a good angle out of it. But it's a spectacular picture. That's one of the most popular photos, I think, of Acadia is that gorgeous lighthouse. So lots to do. Acadia, number one on the list. Moving on to number two, our second park that starts with A is Arches in southern Utah. And Arches is famous for It's arches. (laughs) It has about 2,000 of them. Incredible rock formations in the park. And it's a great uh, park to drive through. It is. (laughs) Even if you're not a hiker, gosh, that main park road is absolutely stunning. But you should get out of your car Mm -hmm. and hike through some of the areas. Our favorite hike in the park is that Devil's Garden primitive loop back there, that Devil's Garden area. It's paved for part of the way and it's fairly easy, but then you can continue going from there on the primitive Mm -hmm. loop. We've done that hike many times. Also, probably the most famous hike in the park is to Delicate Arch. That's a can't miss hike. And if you have the time to do the fiery furnace, we would highly recommend it. You can go on a ranger led tour or you can do it on your own. 
We've done it twice. We did it on a Ranger-led tour, and then on a different visit, we did it by ourselves. So I, I like that sequence of doing it first with the Ranger. Definitely. And in our podcast episode number three, we talk all about this particular fiery furnace hike. So arches, beautiful mm-hmm. park. Mm-hmm. The next one in alphabetical order is Badlands. And we just did an episode about Badlands last week. That's right. Badlands is in South Dakota. It has an incredible landscape. And it's so varied because you have the the largest expanse of mixed grass prairie. And that butts up right next to these incredible rock formations. So really a stunning park. It is. It's subtle. Uh, you took a picture when we were there. You got up at when the sun came up and at 530 in the morning, you just went out mm-hmm. and you got an incredible photo of the grass against the rock spires. Uh, it's just spectacular. I think that's the secret for the best photos is um, get up early at sunrise or stay up through sunset because the lighting changes. It's not so harsh as it is during midday. You'll see the park in a different way and you'll get some stunning photos. So that's our favorite thing to do in the park is drive Mm -hmm. the scenic road at sunset. Stop. Take your time. Let the sun set, let the clouds turn pink and and take plenty of photos. And also, if you drive further west from the scenic road, there is the Sage Creek Rim Road, which is usually where the bison herd hangs out. There are prairie dog towns. We always see lots of wildlife in this particular park. And as a bonus... Try to stay at the Cedar Pass Lodge cabins. Oh, that was fantastic. They've redone them, and Mm -hmm. and it's a great place to stay, and you're right there in the park. Okay, moving on to number four. That would be Bryce Canyon in southern Utah. Bryce is unlike really anywhere (laughs) on the planet, with the small exception of Cedar Breaks, which is not too far. But the red rock spires and pinnacles, the hoodoos. Mm-hmm. spectacular. It is spectacular. And our favorite hike in the park is called the Fairyland Loop. But actually, the entire park looks like a fairyland. It does. Like I said, it's just unlike any other landscape that you'll ever see. And hiking down in there, it's a little bit strenuous going down and coming back up. But take your time. You can do it. Yeah, there are all kinds of great hikes, uh, shorter hikes. You can access trails from sunrise and sunset points. If you don't want to hike down into the canyon, there's a nice long rim trail that's paved. That's beautiful, too. So there's something for everybody there. And you can stay close to the park, right outside the park. There's a couple of motels. But if you have a chance, we recommend staying at the Bryce Canyon Lodge Mm because you're right there on the rim of the amphitheater. They also serve up some good pizza there. So even if you can't stay in the lodge, grab yourself a pizza and, and hang out and look at those views. And it will be incredible. Another cool thing to do. I, I love doing this is to drive to the southern end of the park on the park road and go see the Bristlecone Pines. Oh, my gosh. You cannot miss that. It's about a mile loop hike. Very easy. And you'll see the oldest trees in the world. 3,000 year old trees. Mm-hmm. Amazing. All right. Number five on our list is Canyonlands in Utah. Uh, Now, Canyonlands has a huge variety of incredible rock formations. There are also canyons, mesas, buttes, fins, arches, and spires. 
When we did our original tour through all the national parks about 10 years ago, this wasn't necessarily high on our list. We didn't know a lot about it, but we keep going back and we keep going to different areas of this park and it just becomes more incredible the more we visit it. Now, Canyonlands has four different units and these units are divided by the green and Colorado rivers. So you have the Island in the Sky District, which is the part of the park that most people visit. You have the Needles District, the Maze, and Horse Shoe Canyon. We love the Needles District, and we've talked about this on numerous episodes. <laughs> it's less crowded, mm-hmm. and the rock formations are super cool to hike through, some challenging hikes, and generally, you're by yourself on the trail, so mm-hmm. you kind of feel like you have the place to yourself. We love our, I think our favorite hike in the park is that Chesler Park Joint Trail Loop. Right. Again, that's in the Needles District part of it. Right. And also in the Island in the Sky District, something we did recently, we talked about on a different podcast episode, is we drove the Schaefer Trail. If you have a fairly rugged vehicle and you don't mind some steep drop-offs, that was a really fun thing to do. Yeah, I highly recommend that. Just pay attention. As, as long as it's not wet, mm-hmm. and if it's rained recently or raining, you probably shouldn't try it. But uh, if the trail's dry and you're paying attention, you, it's, it's certainly doable. That's right. Number six on our list is Capitol Reef in Utah. And by the way, spoiler alert, all five Utah national parks made our list. But, you know, I have to say, when we did our original park journey, and I think Capitol Reef was our fifth Utah national park, I did not love this one at first, especially compared to the other four. Yeah, and I think that's because it wasn't until other visits that we kind of got off the beaten path and started exploring some other things. Capitol Reef, that scenic drive that goes south through the park, it's incredible. It's especially later in the afternoon and at dusk. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful drive. And then there's slot canyons to explore. We went to Sheets Gulch, which actually you drive out of the park to the east and then back south and and kind of re-enter the park. That was a fantastic hike. And there's also the Burrow Wash Slot Canyon, which is over there. I know that's that's a popular slot canyon to hike as well. And then you have some fantastic back road drives like the Burr Trail and Cathedral Valley Road. So like you said, Matt, I I think Capitol Reef is one of those parks you definitely have to get off the beaten path and see what else is out there because it is absolutely stunning. And we hesitated to do the Burr Trail for a long time because we thought it was maybe too too rugged for our vehicle. And again, if it's dry, I think you can do it in just about any vehicle. And it's, and it's beautiful back there. And in the fall, you can pick fruit from the orchards they have there. In fact, I believe it's the only national park that sells little pies to go. I love the pies. So I know you do. So, I mean, how could you not love this place? It yeah. has everything. Hiking, scenic drives, and pie. Yep. Definitely a winner. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, the next park, number seven. And this is a surprise now that I'm looking at the outline here that it's Carl's Bad Caverns. It's a kind of surprise that it made your list. You know, if we were ranking these, it would be my number one. I think everyone knows that by now. Yes, yes, yes. So we did an entire episode about this gem. It was episode number seven. If you want to go back and, and find out all about the wonders of Carl's Bad Caverns. But yeah, it has multiple areas to explore. Down once you're in the caverns. You got the 
the big room, which I think is the most popular area and can take uh, ranger led tours and, and uh, you can sign up for those in advance. And there's all sorts of levels of uh, ranger led tour difficulty in this park. You can take some that require you to repel. There's others that require belly crawling through tight uh, <laughs> openings, which, which we don't do. So far, you've nixed all the belly crawling ones. <laughs> and it's easy to get down to if you have any kind of accessibility issues, because there's an elevator that takes you down into, into the caverns. However, we suggest hiking down through the natural entrance. And we've also hiked out the natural mm-hmm. entrance, it's about a one and a quarter mile paved trail. And then if you hike down into it, uh, it's not that strenuous and you can take the elevator back up. And there is also, besides these incredible, wondrous caves, there is also the bat flight program, which is a cool thing to see when the bats leave the cave at dusk. I think that's usually what, Matt, maybe May through October before the bats leave for the winter. (laughs) Right. The the bats winter somewhere else and they don't come back until they don't know exactly when they're going to come back, but sometime kind of May time frame and then they leave. Uh, without warning, they don't give any notice. They leave in October sometimes. So uh, if you're there in the winter, the bat flight program's not available. And it's not a guarantee. You go at dusk, and sometimes there's lots of bats that come out, and sometimes there's only a few. We did it. It was kind of a medium bat flight, but it was cool to see them come out and oh, yeah. flutter it was, around. It was very cool. So lots to do at Carl's Bad Caverns. In, did we say it's in New Mexico? <laughs> in New Mexico. <laughs> Southern right. New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Number eight on the list is beautiful Crater Lake in Southern Oregon. One of the most gorgeous views you will ever see in a national park. Yeah, it's it has a view of the lake that's like a lot of these national parks. It's unlike anywhere else on the planet. The lake's spectacular. It has a cool island in the middle of it. And the color you see photos of Crater Lake and you think, well, they must have photoshopped those colors, but it is spectacular sapphire blue lake. It is. So when Mount Mazama erupted, however many thousands of years ago, it formed a caldera and then Crater Lake sits in this caldera in a collapsed volcano. Until you see it in person, it's tough to describe. Um, We did an entire episode on Crater Lake, things to do, etc. And that is episode number 42. And our favorite hike in the park is Garfield Peak which is, I don't know, I would call it maybe moderately strenuous. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you take your time, you, you can definitely do it. And it has beautiful views of, of the park from the, from the peak. And that leaves from Crater Lake Lodge. Bonus, if you can get a room at Crater Lake Lodge, sits right on the rim overlooking the lake. If you can't get a room, definitely check it out. Go in, have a drink, sit on that back porch and take in the views. And it is spectacular. It's a beautiful lodge. Mm-hmm. Okay, number nine is Death Valley in California. It is a huge park. Yes. As a matter of fact, it's the largest park in the lower 48. It's also the hottest, driest, and lowest park in the, in the system. <laughs> All those things. Yeah, yeah it, it has some incredible landscapes to explore. It has everything from sand dunes to slot canyons. I think one of our favorite uh, places that we visited in the park was the racetrack. That was cool to mm-hmm. see the, the moving rocks or, or right. evidence of the rocks having moved. And we also love there's Badwater Basin and the Mesquite Flat Sand Dunes. So many great places in that huge park. Yeah, we usually sit on the Mesquite Flat Sand Dunes at 
uh, sunset and drink a beer and watch the sunset. <laughs> That's right. Um, our favorite hike there is the Golden Canyon Gower Gulch Loop. And if you can stay in the park, that's ideal because if you have to stay out of the park, you're in for a lot of driving. Uh, we did an entire episode on Death Valley, episode number 26, where we talk about places to stay as well as as well as the racetrack and all these other things that we did. Yeah, we you, can, you can get there from Las Vegas as a day trip, but it's it's a couple hours from Las Vegas mm-hmm. proper. Um, so if you can stay in the park, that's best. That's right. All right, moving on to number 10, which is Denali in Alaska. And on this park also, we did an entire episode, episode number 32. Incredible park. There's uh, Alaska has eight national park, national parks uh, in the state. When we first visited Denali, we were kind of hesitant. We found out that the only way that you can get back into the park is by going on a bus tour. And we weren't crazy about that idea of sitting on a bus with a bunch of people. (laughs) But actually, it turned out to be amazing. It was so much better than we thought it would be. And gosh, we saw tons of wildlife. That's one of the main reasons people go to the park is for the wildlife. And just to set expectations, the bus trip to the back of the park and then then back to the visitor center that is the thing Mm -hmm. to do like just sitting on the bus looking for wildlife seeing the views there are passengers on the bus asking the bus driver when are we going to get there and (laughs) finally turned turned around and said we are there like this is it right (laughs) and um so just Uh know that driving through the park is pretty cool in and of itself it is and if you're adventurous one of the other cool things is you can stop and get off the park bus whenever you want denali is one of those parks you are allowed to hike anywhere you don't have to be on a trail so you can stop get off hike in the wilderness go back to the road get on another bus so you have options right if you really want to get into it like walk amongst the wildlife which you need to be careful if you do that but uh, yeah you can get off and and cross country hike anywhere in the park. The other thing, of course, that's spectacular to see are the views of Denali, the mountain, when it's out. <laughs> yeah, it's not out all the time. I think it's it's mm-hmm. out about 30% of the time because there's cloud cover uh, right. often. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so Denali's fantastic park. It's also, as, as far as Alaska parks go, it's really pretty, pretty much the easiest one to get to. I mean, you could fly to Anchorage and then drive about four hours north to get to the park on a nice paved road. So right. yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. accessible. Very accessible. Yes, we, we loved Denali for sure. All right, number 11 is Glacier National Park in Montana, which is called the crown of the continent for, for very good reason. It has pristine forest, alpine meadows, rugged mountains, turquoise lakes, about 700 miles of trails. Mm-hmm. It's really a hiker's paradise, but there are plenty of things for non-hikers to do as well. I mean, you can drive the Going to the Sun Road, which actually is a engineering marvel, carving that road across the park. Can get crowded in the, in the summertime. Yeah, definitely can get crowded in the summer. Uh, one of the other really great things to do if you're not a hiker is if you can uh, get lodging reservations in one of the many great historic national park lodges in the West. Seems like Glacier has maybe the highest concentration of old park lodges. It is kind of the quintessential national park feel when you're there because you get those old lodges and you got mountains and hikes and large mammals. 
<laughs> yeah, let's talk about those large, large mammals. mammals. So tons of wildlife in Glacier, including grizzly bears, black bears, moose, bighorn sheep, elk, mountain goats, and mountain lions. And if you go to the park, you'll, you'll probably see quite a few of those. I'd say you have a very good chance. Yeah. Yes. Now, as far as hiking, that Grinnell Glacier Trail, and we take it from the Many Glacier Hotel, which is up in the northeast section of the park, and hike up to Grinnell Glacier. Just a spectacular hike and, and views from the trail. Oh, yeah. It has everything. It has the it has two turquoise lakes. It has glaciers. It has pristine forests. It has everything. So we love that hike. Now, I will say before we close out on this one, about six months or so ago, we did a poll on Instagram on our stories. And we were just curious. We asked all of our followers what was their favorite national park. And Glacier National Park won by quite a bit, actually. Uh, Yellowstone came in second. But I think Glacier is just a very beloved park. Yeah, people love Glacier and, and for good reason. Mm-hmm, definitely. Now, number 12 on our list, and don't confuse this with Glacier, <laughs> is Glacier Bay in Alaska. So different park completely. That's right. And you know, if you look at the National Park Service website, it'll describe Glacier Bay as a living laboratory. It has designated wilderness. It has a biosphere reserve, and, and it's also a world heritage site. So it's Really a spectacular piece of real estate up there. It's all those things, and we love it for its snow-capped mountains and for its spectacular blue glaciers. I have a very special place in my heart for, for Glacier Bay because it was not only our first Alaska park, but it was our first ever trip to Alaska. Yeah, it was an amazing trip, and, mm -hmm. and we started to get the feel for the both the size and the scope of Alaska, which is pretty incredible. Now, if you can, you want to try to stay at the Glacier Bay Lodge, which is right there uh, where they do the NPS boat tours, the visitor centers there also. Um, and that's the other that's a, a must do thing when you're at Glacier. Right, because that's where you get the best views of the glacier. Now, 150 years ago, the entire bay was a glacier and it, it has melted since and the glaciers have retreated. So the boat tour takes you through the bay and provides great views of the glaciers back there, the Johns Hopkins Glacier. and That's the most spectacular one I thought that we yeah. saw. It's 12 miles long, one mile wide, and it rises 250 feet high above the waterline. So just incredible to see. And it was blue, blue, blue. Right. And uh, you'll see a lot of wildlife, even though this mm -hmm. is the boat tour through a bay, you'd be surprised how much wildlife life you'll see maybe whales we saw grizzlies on on the shore uh definitely sea lions sea otters porpoises so all kinds of things yeah. and all kinds of birds there was a naturalist <laughs> on board naturalist. Who, who pointed out everything so that was wonderful uh -huh. a little trickier to get to this park compared to denali you cannot drive to this park so you either have to fly into the very tiny town of gustavus or take a boat in yeah, and that flight to Gus Davis only runs for a few months in the summer. Mm -hmm. So so check the schedule on that. Number 13 is Grand Canyon National Park. I almost left this one blank on our outline because yeah, it doesn't need any explanation. It's the Grand Canyon. And it's hard to explain it. it you just have to tell mm -hmm. people, go see it. That's right. It's so spectacular that any any verbal description of it would not do it justice. But mm -hmm. it's also the second most visited national park in the system. 
Yes, next to um, Great Smoky Mountains National Park would be the first, but Grand Canyon's the second. And it is one of the natural wonders of the world for, for very good reason. The canyon itself is a mile deep. It's 277 miles long. And in areas, it's 18 miles wide. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> now, you can visit the South Rim, which is a very developed area with hotels and all kinds of things. Or you can visit the North Rim, smaller, a little more secluded, less crowded. Yeah, it's a, it's a less crowded experience on the North Rim. Definitely. A little harder to get to and less infrastructure up there. So. Right. Now, our favorite hike is Bright Angel Trail. And... Um, you know, that'll take you from the South Rim all the way down to the Colorado River. Uh, and then a little bit beyond the river is Phantom Ranch, which is also one of our favorite places in all the national park system to visit. And if you don't have the desire to hike all the way down to the river, we would suggest just hiking a mile or two on the Bright Angel Trail because the views are incredible and you'll, you'll get a chance to see what's below the rim. Another way to see the park, and, and not as many people do this, but uh, take a raft trip or a dory boat trip through the park on the Colorado River. It's a multi-day. Uh, we've done it a couple of times, and we did episodes 22 and 23. We talked about our dory boat trips through Grand Canyon National Park. Yes, and I think we both agree that those dory boat trips were, were two of the most incredible experiences we had in any of the national parks. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, moving on. Number 14 is Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. Yes. I have two words for you when it comes to Grand Teton. Okay. Mountains and lakes. It's an interesting little mountain range. And I say little because it doesn't extend very far, but the mountains, the peaks themselves are spectacular. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's a national park. That's right. So that's the Teton Mountain Range. And then you also have a, a couple of huge lakes. You've got Jackson Lake and Jenny Lake, plus obviously a lot of small, pristine lakes tucked in the mountains. So Grand Teton has stunning scenery, plus great hiking, making it one of our favorites. And I think other than the Alaska parks, this is the park where we've seen the most grizzlies. 
Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of brown bears there. And, and moose, huge moose. And every time we've seen them, we've been in our car. We see them from the road. It may not be as large as Yellowstone uh, right to the north of it, but it has a pretty high concentration of large mammals. <laughs> Definitely. Now, our favorite hike in the park would be Cascade Canyon, which is off of the Jenny Lake Loop Trail. Absolutely beautiful. There's also an option to take a boat ride on Jenny Lake while you're there. So you could easily spend the day over there. Now, speaking of brown bears, Mm -hmm. number 15 on our list is Katmai National Park in Alaska. And that's a bear park. Bears, bears, bears. Yes. One of our favorite experiences of all time to see the huge brown bears and to literally walk amongst them. Yeah, that was a unique experience to say the least. And we did an entire episode on this, Mm -hmm. episode number eight. Uh, We talked about our visit to Katmai and what it's like to be amongst the brown bears and, and how the park manages the visitors through that. There's no other place like it on Earth. Before we visited, we knew that there was a viewing platform at Brooks River where you stand and you watch these brown bears catching the salmon. But we didn't realize that you had to hike about a mile to get there and that in the woods as you're hiking <laughs> along, all of a sudden you look over and, oh, wow, there's there's a brown bear hiking right next yeah, to Yeah, and the, the, the bears are going there also. <laughs> so right. er, er, everyone's everyone's going together. <laughs> I think you wrote in Dear Bob and Sue that it was like being inside a zoo. Yeah, on, <laughs> on the, the side where the animals are. <laughs> That's right. Now, Katmai is not terribly easy to get to and involved a couple of small plane flights. It's also not easy to get reservations to stay in the park at Brooks Camp. They have uh, switched it now to a lottery system. So if you're interested in that, get on the National Park website and check that out. But it is the experience of a lifetime. It sure is. Okay, so on number 16, I cheated a little bit. (laughs) Number 16 is both Kings Canyon and Sequoia in California. I did originally have them listed as separate parks, but I put them together because they are managed by the NPS together. Plus, I needed to free up another space for another park. Got got an extra park in there for free. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, and the, the thing there is the spectacular giant sequoia trees. Largest trees on Earth by volume. Incredible to see. Everyone needs to go and see these giant trees. The Sequoia National Park area has the giant forest loop. And this is a great trail to take because the start of it is paved and it's accessible and it takes you to some incredible large trees. But also you could continue on mm-hmm. past the paved area and, and kind of get back amongst the trees by yourself on, a, on another trail. That's right. So this trail goes to the General Sherman tree, which is the largest tree on earth. And most people hike to the General Sherman tree, take their photo and then leave. But if you continue on this giant forest loop, you will find more giant trees and a lot of solitude. And then if you drive, I guess that would be north into the Kings Canyon part of this park complex and drive back into the canyon itself, This is, and John Muir said this years and years ago, it's almost identical to Yosemite Valley, just without the people. And and you don't have Half Dome, but the Uh valley uh, looks very similar. That That's the Cedar Grove area. So again, most people who go to Kings Canyon National Park, 
they stop at Grant Grove, which is where the General Grant tree is. Um, there's some other big trees there. They hike around and they leave. But make sure you drive back into the canyon to see this incredible Kings Canyon area. We should mention that our favorite hike is back there, and that would be Mist Falls. Yeah, and we did a, we did an entire episode on this, episode 17. That's right. So if you want to learn more about Kings Canyon. And Sequoia. And Check. Sequoia. Staying in California, but just going north a bit, is number 17, Lassen Volcanic National Park. In Lassen Volcanic, you can find the thermal features of Yellowstone, plus pristine mountain lakes and the largest plug dome volcano in the world to climb. Okay, Karen, since you're a volcanologist, (laughs) what the heck is a plug dome volcano? Well, it's a volcano that gets plugged up by lava. (laughs) Well, I'm glad glad you spent eight years studying volcanoes to become a volcanologist. That's right. It comes in handy quite frequently. There you go. I think Lassen Volcanic, out of all the national parks, I think it was the biggest surprise for us, mainly because we had no expectations. And when we got there, it just blew us away. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful park. We we were there in mid-September, which is a great time to go. Uh, we've also been there early summer. So, yeah, the summer summertime park. I mean, you can go there in the winter and do some snowshoeing, but during the summer, it's just a spectacular park. It is. Uh, there are volcanoes, clear mountain lakes, pristine forests. Uh, we loved the Bumpus Hell Trail that will take you to some of these thermal features. You can also climb Lassen Peak. Uh, it's just, it's a, a very pristine, beautiful park. All right, moving on to number 18, that would be Mesa Verde in Colorado. We love Mesa Verde. It is really, it's a, it's a park about ancestral Puebloan uh, ruins, Mm -hmm. essentially. Right. For over 700 years, um, the ancestral Puebloan people built communities in the cliffs of Mesa Verde. I read that there are over 4,000 archaeological sites in the park. Now, you can only tour a few of these and only on a ranger-led tour, uh, typically May through October. But that's the thing to do in the park. And you can get tickets uh, in advance on recreation.gov. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- this definitely is, want to do that. Right. This is a trip that you're going to want to do some advanced planning on for sure. The three ranger-led tours that are offered many times throughout the day are Cliff Palace, Longhouse, and Balcony House. But then they have some extra smaller group tours that are available once a day on different days. For example, we did uh, Mug House. We've done Square Tower House. And those are really a wonderful experience. Yeah, I like those small group ranger-led tours to some of the places that they don't give tours all the time. Now, a lot of them, you have to read the description before you book them. A lot of them do involve either maybe hiking for a mile or two to get there or some or climbing ladders or some scrambling in general. So you want to make sure you're comfortable with what this uh, tour entails. Right. Now, we also recommend if you can to stay in the park. We stayed at the Far View Lodge uh, several times, and that's great because you're you're right there if you have a tour time that you have to get there. It's less driving. I mean, you could stay out of the park in the little town of Cortez or Durango, but that it's just more driving to get to and into the park. We love the Farview Lodge. Also, going back to the food thing again, the restaurant there is fantastic. Yeah. 
number 19 is Mount Rainier in our home state of Washington. And we did a, an entire episode on this also. Recently. Uh, episode 41. The park has Mount Rainier in the center. It's kind of a square park if you look at a map. And so it is, uh, you know, the central feature is the mountain itself. It's 14,410 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Spectacular views of that mountain, snow-capped all year round. That's right. It's stunning. But even if the mountain weren't there, this park has great hiking and scenic drives, pristine forests and lakes, waterfalls, other mountains. It is really, I'd almost use the word amazeballs. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's time to bring that yeah. word back. No, I think it's time to, <laughs> we'll, we'll edit that out. <laughs> so Karen, the best time to visit this park. A lot of people from out of state who aren't familiar with the uh, state of Washington and the mountains here uh, plan trips in late spring, May and June to go to Mount Rainier and they ask us what to do. And our response, unfortunately, is come back right during July through September because the, mm-hmm. the snow piles up. Matter of fact, as we speak, it's late May and there's still 10 feet, literally 10 feet of snow at Paradise parking lot. Yeah, that's right. And Paradise is one of our favorite areas. And and so is Sunrise. Well, the road to Sunrise doesn't even open until early July because there's so much snow. So definitely wait until July. It will be worth it if you if you want to hike. And speaking of hiking, our our favorite trail would have to be the Skyline Trail at Paradise. Yeah, we love that trail, although there's great hikes from the Sunrise area also. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, the, three, so, the Three Burrows Trail is one that we enjoy. Yes, and the Fremont Fire Lookout is another oh, great yeah, one. that's right. Tons of great hikes in the park. Also, when you're in the Paradise area, there's the beautiful historic hotel Paradise Inn, another Grand Lodge of the National Parks. Typically open, I believe, May through sometime in September, I'm guessing. Yeah, depending on snow. Right. If you can't get reservations there, definitely go in and check out the lobby and maybe have a meal in the restaurant. So also in the state of Washington, number 20 is North Cascades National Park. And we did an episode on this recently, also episode 43, often called the Alps of America. It has over 300 glaciers and 90 named peaks. Yes, it looks like you have gone to Switzerland when you are in North Cascades National Park. Uh, Now, just like Mount Rainier, the best time to visit is July through September because of the snow levels. The trailhead parking lots are still buried under snow currently, so you want to wait until at least July. And it's one of the least visited national parks. Yeah, I think people have a hard time figuring out how to get into the park and and where to stay. It's a very undeveloped park. It is. Now, a couple of our favorite hikes. One is Maple Pass. Now, that's not in the park, but at the top of Maple Pass, you literally walk along the boundary of the park. So that's a good way to, to see it. Also then Cascade Pass, which is in the park. And the road to the Cascade Pass trailhead usually opens sometime in July. Mm-hmm. The time we did it, it was late July before they opened the road. But that's, that is one of the most spectacular hikes we've ever done. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, as we said, check out episode number 43 if you want to learn more about how to visit North Cascades because it is one of the most beautiful parks out of all of them. 
Okay, continuing on, staying in the state of Washington, Olympic National Park on the far west end of the state. Yeah, do you like how all three Washington parks lined up three in a row? Alphabetically? (laughs) That's right. Matt Rainier, North Cascades and Olympic. We're definitely partial to the Washington parks, maybe because we have explored these parks more than any other. But Olympic is phenomenal because it's like many different parks all wrapped into one. That's right. You have rainforests, you have these huge mountains, and you have rugged coastal beaches. And they are, when you say rugged, we mean rugged. I mean, they, this <laughs> this isn't like the sandy beaches of California, but they are pretty cool if you have a chance to get out to the coast. Absolutely. There are quite a few beaches within the National Park. You can find a list on uh, the NPS website of which beaches are included in the park boundaries. Now, one of the great things about Olympic is you can visit all year round. It is not just a July through September park. Because we visited the park last February and we went up to Hurricane Ridge and we snowshoed up there. There was a ton of snow. It was a winter wonderland. But then we went down to Crescent Lake. We did a hike around the lake, took photos, and it looked like summertime because the sun was out. The lake was a stunning blue. So it has all these different seasons all all, wrapped up into one. Yeah, and we we did that all in the same day. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) if if you're lucky to catch it at the right time, you can have kind of a spring-like and winter experience. So a few of our favorite places to visit in the park would be Lake Crescent, Soul Duck Falls, an amazing waterfall, the Ho Rainforest, and Ruby and Rialto beaches. And if you want more information about Olympic National Park, we did episode 19 on that, that park. Yes. All right, moving on to number 22, Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. This park protects... The incredible mountain environments right there, Uh, the forest, the alpine tundra, and it has one of the coolest roads in all the national park system, Trail Ridge Road. It's the highest paved road in the U.S. And it takes you to the Alpine Visitor Center, which is the highest visitor center in the national park system. It sits at almost 12,000 feet. So it is up there. A lot of hiking in the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of hiking, a lot of bears, uh, over 300 miles of hiking trails in the park. And our favorite, I think our favorite would be going to Emerald Lake. That was a beautiful yeah, hike. And a great there, hike. We did it, gosh, at the end of May and there was still a lot of snow around. We were hiking through snow. Remember that? <laughs> right. If it's, if it's late spring mm-hmm. and you're going up there to hike, uh, if you have micro spikes that those are good to take with you because you might run into some a little bit of snow and ice still yeah one of the things i love about rocky mountain national park is that even though it kind of sits in the shadow of denver you know this huge metropolitan area when you get to rocky mountain national park i i always feel like i've gone to camp or someplace because right outside the park Um, There are little cabins everywhere, and it just feels like it feels like summer camp to me. It does have a feeling of going away to summer camp Mm -hmm. when you're there in the Estes Park area and Rocky Mountain National Park. That's right. One of our one of our favorites. Have a lot of good memories (laughs) of that park. We do. Okay, moving on. Number 23 is Yellowstone. It's in, you know, a little bit of it is in Montana and Idaho, but most of it is in Wyoming. 
That's right. Yellowstone is our country's very first national park. And honestly, overall, it's probably the most magnificent. (laughs) And one of the things I like about Yellowstone, it was never tamed. They protected it while it was still in its wild state. So this is you're literally driving through a landscape and wildlife museum. Exactly. And even though it can get frustrating because there can be traffic jams and there can be a lot of people, it does feel like a wilderness park. It is a wilderness park. The wildlife that you could see there, the wildlife that calls this park home is um, very, what do I want to say? (laughs) Dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have to yes. res- you have to respect it. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, we, there's grizzlies there. There's well, there's black bear also. There's mm-hmm. a ton of bison. There's wolves, wolverine, elk, moose, mountain lions. It's all there. It is. And a lot of it can be found in the Lamar Valley, which is one of our favorite parts of the park. They refer to it as America Serengeti because there is so much wildlife that lives out there. And on top of the wildlife, there's also the largest concentration of geothermal features on the planet. Mm-hmm. Probably the most famous being Old Faithful, uh, the Old Faithful Geyser. But there's a lot of others that you can see in the park and walk around on, on the various boardwalks. That's right. They've done an incredible job of making a lot of them accessible to people with with the boardwalks and the signage. So, yeah, you could spend days, days looking at the thermal features. Also, they have some great historic lodges, some of the great old lodges of the West, like Mammoth Hot Springs and Old Faithful and Lake Yellowstone Hotel. So lots of uh, great places to stay. Old Faithful is one of my favorite lodges. Uh, If you go into the old section of it and look up, you can see the exposed timber framing. It's, It's really spectacular. Yeah, so on Yellowstone, if you want more information about Yellowstone, we also did an entire episode on this, Mm -hmm. uh, which is episode number 15. That's right. It's hard to talk about Yellowstone in 90 seconds. So if you want more information, check that episode out. Um, Moving on to number 24 is Yosemite in California. Now, Yosemite is best known for its waterfalls, but within its 1,200 square miles, you can also find valleys and beautiful meadows and giant sequoias and a vast wilderness area. Now, it can get crowded because Mm -hmm. the Yosemite Valley there is kind of a one road in, one road out kind of a place. And it's spectacular. You got El Capitan and Half Dome and all of that. But also there is the Mariposa Grove area, which has incredible sequoias. Um, To the north, there's Hetch Hetchy, which used to be a valley similar to Yosemite Valley. It's now a a reservoir. Uh, And then up kind of higher elevation is the Tuolumne Meadows area. I Well, I love the whole park. It's absolutely incredible. I did especially love the Tuolumne Meadows area because it's not developed like the valley is. And there were fewer people, fewer parking lots, much more wilderness up there. And one of our favorite hikes in the park is up there, and that would be the Glen Allen hike. I loved that one. Now, despite the fact that the valley is crowded, 95% of the park is designated wilderness. Mm -hmm. So you can get away from people if you want. Absolutely, you can. Now, 
if you don't want to get away from people, do our other favorite hike in the valley, which is the Mist Trail. I have to say it's usually wall-to-wall people, but there is a reason for it because it is a pretty spectacular hike. If you can go like at the crack of dawn, do that and there will be fewer people. And another thing in the park, you want to definitely check out the Awani Hotel. Mm-hmm. It's really, I think, the crown jewel of the National Park Lodges. It is. And we wrote about this in Dear Bob and Sue. We splurged and stayed there one night at the time. And this was 10 years ago. It was $500 for our basic room. Our friends, John and Lolly, just stayed there a few months ago. And they said their very basic room was now $650. So, yes, it's pricey. <laughs> it, it's, it's pricey. And if you don't want to pay that, it's part of the National Park. You can go in and sit in the lobby and experience the... The grandeur of the lodge, and you don't you don't have to be a guest to you go don't. in. And they have a nice bar uh, with outside seating. You can go and have a drink and take in uh, take in the views from this incredible hotel. Okay, Karen, number twenty five, the last park on the list, <laughs> which is Zion. So you would you know that it's starting with the Z would mm-hmm. be the last on the list. Now, this is an incredible park. It's it's a thousand foot deep red rock canyon. And that's where most of the people are concentrated if you go to this park. Mm-hmm. But leaving the park, if, if you take the Mount Carmel Tunnel Road up through this incredible tunnel, and it, that takes you up to the area that's up above the east rim of the canyon. And there are some hikes up there. There's some beautiful areas to explore as well. Plus, another area is a different section of the park is Colab Canyons. That has a completely different entrance. But most people flock to Zion Canyon. And if you have a chance, I would recommend doing the Mount Carmel Tunnel Road both ways. Definitely. Both going up Mm -hmm. and coming down because you get different views. On Wednesday, we got up really early to drive that because we we were going to Kanab to try to get a permit to hike the wave and we had to be there early in the morning. We saw the most spectacular sunrise as we drove up that Mount Carmel Tunnel Road that one of the most beautiful sunrises we've ever seen. Right. The road twists and turns. So you, you, you get different angles. Now, this beautiful canyon uh, has emerald pools and hanging gardens and soaring cliffs. Our favorite hike, one of the best hikes we've ever done, is the Narrows hike in the Virgin River. And this is a slot canyon where you're hiking through the water. We talked all about it on episode number six. That's a great hike, and it's a it's a summer thing. I mean, you can do it in the winter, but you know you're hiking through the river, so you want to you want the air temperature to be pretty warm while you're doing that. But you know, we also love the West Rim Trail. It's the trail that if you start from the valley, it kind of takes you up towards the bottom of Angels Landing there at Scouts Lookout, and then uh, you can head further along the West Rim Trail. That's a great trail also. Oh, that's spectacular views from up there. And most people stop at the Angels Landing turnoff, and so you'll have a lot of solitude if you continue up the West Rim Trail. During the busy season, which is practically all year round now, you cannot drive back into the canyon. You have to take a shuttle back in there. But if you stay at the Zion Lodge inside the park, you can drive to the Zion Lodge. And from that point, you can walk to a lot of the trailheads. So many great reasons to stay at Zion Lodge. Right. And the, the cabins there are incredible. We, we love staying at the cabins, but you get this bonus of being able to drive to the lodge and parking there and skipping the shuttle. That's right. Incredible place. 
So that wraps up our 25. We did go back and forth on this because we had more than 25. And so I, I remember, Matt, I kept asking you, this park or this park or yeah. this park or yeah, this park? Can I just, are you just going to list the other 38 now? Yeah. We do have a couple of honorable mentions that we're not going to talk about, but I will just say I wanted to include Big Bend in Texas, Redwoods National and State Parks in Northern California, and of course, Great Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. Those all are great all parks. great and, parks. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a bunch more, too. We just yeah. can only do so many in a podcast of this length. That's right. And one note. As we are recording this in May of 2021, there are still a lot of COVID restrictions in place. And so things are different than they typically are. And they're different than we might have stated. So please, 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 when you're planning your trips, go to the National Park websites. See if you need to get shuttle reservations somewhere, if you need to get park reservations all that kind of stuff because they still have a lot of COVID restrictions in place. Yeah, and always a good idea to check the park website before making plans to visit any of these parks. That's a must. Oftentimes, there's temporary things you need to know about the park. For sure. So. Yeah, so that about wraps it up. We thought this overview of our favorite parks would be a great way to finish up before we take our summer break. Uh, We're really looking forward to unplugging and unwinding for the next couple of months. We have a lot of trips planned where we won't have any cell service or internet. And I'm actually excited about that. And we're going to see some new places and do some new things. Yeah, it'd be nice to disconnect for a while. Mm -hmm. So we hope you all have an amazing summer uh, with lots of downtime, whether you're road tripping or camping or hiking or just sitting in your backyard looking at the stars. You know what this feels like, Matt? What does it feel like? (laughs) I feel like we're in the last day of high school where we're hanging out with all of our friends and we're saying goodbye and we're signing yearbooks and we're writing hags. Did you you ever write that? Have a great summer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's yearbook signing time, isn't it? That's right. And it's bittersweet. I kind of feel like sad that this period is over, but yet feel excited about what's coming up next. I don't know. For some reason, I, I'm feeling all that. Almost like the last day of school. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So that is a wrap. Thank you. Thank you to all of you for tuning in and for your very kind reviews, your comments on social media, and all of your emails. Matt and I can't tell you how much they all mean to us. Yeah, they seem to make you cry on a daily basis. <laughs> I know. I'm usually crying about them. But you know what? It's it's like tears of joy because they're so sweet. Sometimes, Yeah, sometimes I can't tell the difference. <laughs> Okay, so while we won't be podcasting over the summer, we will be posting about our travels on Instagram when we have cell service. So if you're not following us yet, you can find us at Matt and Karen Smith on Instagram. That's right. Our show is produced by our very talented team at Puddle Creative in Portland, Oregon, who has consistently made us sound a lot more intelligent than we actually <laughs> Which are. Is hard to do. <laughs> yeah. They had a challenge. (laughs) Our cover artwork is by the designers at Expert Subjects, and our very catchy theme music is by Will West. I love our theme music. (laughs) I love the harmonica that comes in. I think maybe I'll learn to play the harmonica over the summer. No. (laughs) No, No, we're going to be really busy. Because we'll have lots and lots of hours in the car, like 
20 hour car trips. I'll just start with the basics. No. 